Hello, hello, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie, and today we have a bonus episode. Joining this Assembling for Christmas series I've been doing since the start of December. I am about to do a quick ranking of all MCU movies we have gotten so far. This shouldn't be a long episode as I gave my opinion on all 23 films for the past three weeks, but nevertheless it should be fun to see how I have positioned each installment. So yeah, enough talking, let's get to ranking. First of all, I shouldn't really need to say this, but just be aware that this is just my opinion, my ranking. So don't be offended if your favorite MCU movie isn't on my top three, or if a movie you hate is at the center of the list. We all have different opinions, and that's great. So be respectful of my choice, and in the near future, when I create some social media accounts for this podcast, I would love to know how you rank the MCU franchise. Also, I want to let you know how I decided to position each movie. I took into consideration the overall story of each film, its protagonist and their arc, the antagonist and their motives, the cast and characters, the tone and style, the impact on the future of the MCU, and the element of rewatchability. I took all this into consideration and I shall give my quick notes and explanations as to their position as I go along, as well as clarify why I prefer one film over the subordinate other. So let us begin, starting at the bottom. Coming in at last place is Thor The Dark World. The big issue with this movie, for me, is in the villain. Malekith is so unremarkable and forgettable. I also don't enjoy rewatching The Dark World, it's really a tough watch because the tone is, well, boring, if I could describe it as such. The only re really good thing about this movie, the only important aspect of it, is the introduction of the ether as the reality Infinity Stone. Apart from that, Thor as a character is not given a meaningful arc, I'm afraid, so this movie comes in at number 23. On the 22nd position, an early MCU movie, Iron Man 2. My main problem with this one is the overabundance of storylines and Whiplash as a villain is also nothing too impressive. The redeeming bits are Tony's relationship with his late father Howard, which is more explored, uh, like in greater detail, and the introduction of Natasha Romanoff as Black Widow. But unfortunately, this is another I tend to avoid watching more than I have to. And next up, on the 21st place, is 20. 2008, The Incredible Hulk. Now, this movie isn't as bad as some people think it is, but the fact that the main character, Dr. Bruce Banner, The Hulk, is played by Edward Norton, who doesn't reprise his role after this movie, makes many people think that it is not MCU canon, but <laughs> it is. Whether we like it or not, it's part of the franchise, and the issue with this one is with the tone, which is so different from the rest of the MCU. And also, Abomination could have been more interesting of a villain, I would say. At number 20, Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is harmless fun, easy to digest, with not a lot of tension or and, and, some, and some sweet themes going on with family and relationships. But when I go to see an MCU movie, 
especially when this one came after Avengers Infinity War, I am look I'm looking to leave the cinema and feel like I just walked out from an amazing journey and this was not the case. Even though the absence of a real villainous villain was a nice touch, the stakes weren't that high without one, without one good antagonist, and the only important part of the movie was the development of the quantum realm and our knowledge of it, which proved to be key in another film that should be very high on, that, on my list. On the 19th position, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If you listen to the episode where I discuss this one, you know I have some big problems with how James Gunn chose to direct this. Um, the harsh and over-the-top humor, the themes around the character of Ego and his motives as well were just nasty and uninspiring. The character of Yondu was, in my opinion, the only great contribution to the movie, it is his arc. Everything else felt either embarrassingly forced or extremely inappropriate. At number 18, Iron Man 3. Okay, starting now, most of these I enjoy and don't mind re-watching from time to time, but I still find some issues with them. Of course, with this one, the Mandarin misdirection was a big problem with the fans, and even though I didn't care that much for that side of it, the main antagonist being Aldrich Killian was kind of a bummer and his motives were textbook comic villain with revenge and feeling ignored. Um, also the finale and Stark's emotional victory and decision regarding his Iron Man suits was totally dismissed by the time of Age of Ultron, so that also gets a negative point. At number 17, I put Captain Marvel, which I hate to have done so because it's the third to last movie we got, but it had some issues with the story and how, that, how they directed our hero's arc that I just did not enjoy. The, the villain, Yon Rog, is forgettable as well, but the scroll's mission is so human and the best element of, the, of this movie, in my opinion, that managed to save this one from getting any lower, but I'm afraid the co-directorship inadvertently hurt the film. At number 16, we have Thor, one of the first MCU movies, and in this one, we get that fantastic character of Loki finally introduced. He has been a fan favorite since 2011, but Hill Hiddleston's performance was not enough to make this film a great one. Thor is kind of a boring protagonist in this movie, and the action scenes that exist are far too few, far too short, and the character of Darcy, oh my god, is so annoying, I can't, I can't even start with that. But this movie did introduce us to Asgard and the God of Thunder and all that, so I'm grateful for that, at least. Coming in at number 15, we have Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch as this powerful sorcerer was amazing casting, the special effects on this film are wild, but Caecilius as the antagonist was a weak choice, mostly because the character wasn't explored as well as he should have. We spend too much time with our hero and not enough with our villain. 
Nevertheless, adding some magic to the MCU was a great decision, uh, and Doctor Strange is certainly welcome to the franchise now that he brings with him the Time Stone as well. On the 14th position, Avengers Age of Ultron. The thing with this one is that there is a tone shift from the first Avengers movie to the sequel, even though Joss Whedon came back to direct. And even though James Spader was great at voicing the menacing Ultron, Ultron should have been more menacing, and we should have spent more time learning about this AI robot and his intentions. The introductions of Wanda Maximoff and Vision to the Avengers roster were some of the best things about Age of Ultron, and the reveal that the Mind Stone was inside Loki's scepter was a very pleasant surprise, which will also play a huge part moving forward. At number 13, I have placed Spider-Man Far From Home, the last MCU movie of 2019, and the last MCU movie we have seen since that year. Crazy. The action scenes are incredible, Mysterio's illusions look so cool, but the dependence on the Iron Man character and his legacy drag this one down on the list. The first Spider-Man movie already leaned so much on Tony Stark, so doing that again in this one felt repetitive and a rather poor choice. Still, this movie also opened the doors for a much more thrilling third installment, so at least we have that. On the 12th position, Ant-Man. This was a very refreshing addition to the MCU, a tiny hero with a huge art. Scott Lang, played by, Rod, by Paul Rudd, is such a comical guy and his interactions with the rest of the cast can be both funny and sweet and he can seem to be both gullible and clever. The theme of family in this film really makes it feel special, just warms your heart and the only bad thing I have to point out is, again, in the choice of a villain, with Yellow Jacket being not only unremarkable but also almost a copy of Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man movie, so that was a shame. At number 11, Captain America the First Avenger. Some people might have this movie lower in their lists, but to me, the introduction of Righteous Steve Rogers and Chris Evans' portrayal of the hero were really what got me hooked in this story. The scenes with Red Skull were short and few, unfortunately, yes, but spending time with Captain Rogers allowed for a deeper connection to this great character. And the lesson about being a good man before anything else is something we should all consider every day. Oh, and we were also introduced to the first Infinity Stone, with the Tesseract making an appearance. Coming in at number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, <laughs> some of you might think I'm crazy because you have this one higher up, but be aware that all the top 10 ones are great movies in my opinion, and Guardians is only at number 10, again, because of the villain. Ronan, to me, is quite unimpressive, and his possession of the Power Stone is really what makes him an actual threat. Still, the team of misfits, that is, the Guardians of the Galaxy, is quite colorful and fun. The movie in general is very humorous and plays with your heartstrings by the end as well. This, ins this installment was a total gamble, um, but it totally, totally paid off. At number 9, Thor, Ragnarok. 
because it revolutionized the character of Thor. Up till now, the God of Thunder wasn't a comical fella, he was actually quite serious, but with Taika Waititi at the helm, both the hero and the franchise gained a second chance at success. But don't be mistaken, this is not just comedy, comedy, comedy. The arc of Thor is also quite powerful when you look at his journey from Ragnarok to Endgame. It's really something uh, meaningful. The only kind of issue I have with it regards the villain, again, Hela, who is super overpowerful but lacks an enticing moment, uh, motive, I mean. In eighth place, I put Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man was the first hero I came into in contact with uh, through the Tobey Maguire trilogy, the video games and the animated series. I was so excited when the web-slinger came into the MCU. Tom Holland is great at balancing the lives of the hero and the teenager. And our antagonist, Vulture, is pretty layered. His motives are human. I love when the bad guys are not just bad guys, but actually have some depth to them. And that's why Homecoming is so high up. At number seven, Lucky Seven, the original one, Iron Man. This was the movie that kick-started this whole thing. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. No two ways about it. His performance was charismatic, sarcastic, and genius, just like Tony Stark, which made him the risky but perfect guy to take on the role. We cannot picture anyone else inside the titanium alloy armor. And even though our villain could have been more complex and have better motivations, I'll allow it for this one because how can't I when we got such an iconic line in that last shot and the origin point for everything that was to come. I love this movie and I am so grateful for John Favreau, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige for taking a chance with Robert Downey Jr. and do this movie. Thank God for that. Coming in at, at number six, Captain America the Winter Soldier, the first movie directed by the Russo brothers who just know their stuff. This spy thriller was a great canvas in which to explore more of Steve Rogers' moral compass and values. The personal stakes are high, as well as all the other external stakes, for that matter. When it came out, this movie got so much praise for feeling more than a superhero film. And that, and I think that's what the, the Russos do so well. They emphasize the human in superhuman and give us such intimate stories with these beloved characters. In fifth place, we have the original team-up movie, The Avengers. This one was huge when it came out. Truly something special and never done before. It paved the way alongside 2008 Iron Man to everything that was to come. The level of excitement I feel when I rewatch this one still hasn't died out. It's simply awesome. Bringing back Loki as the main antagonist was a smart choice as well because, like I said, Hiddleston is a scene stealer and the God of Mischief is an absolute fan favorite. This was back in 2012 and 
I can't believe how far we've come and gone since then. It's so great. At number four, Black Panther. This is perhaps the most important film on this list. The themes it explores are so significantly valuable, especially in today's culture, especially in 2020. There is not a single major problem with this film. Both the protagonist and antagonist stories are so fleshed out and the intellectual stakes are high. This is a very emotional movie that became a cultural phenomenon. And the late Chadwick Boseman's performance as King T'Challa as the noble Black Panther is iconic and a symbol to millions of kids. This film is a very special one indeed, and I hope that Marvel keeps on producing important motion pictures like this moving forward. In third place, Captain America Civil War. This was the very first movie where I was completely shocked at the twists and turns, extremely surprised at the final moments, that final confrontation, and in absolute awe when we have 12 heroes fight each other in that awesome airport scene. We got introduced to both Spider-Man and Black Panther, and the consequences of this film were really felt in the top two positions of this list. So, at number two, Avengers Infinity War. This is the best Avengers movie. The story is profound and groundbreaking. Thanos is a very complex antagonist. And even with his devastating plan to decimate half of all life, his motivation is in a way human and logical. Josh Brolin as the Mad Titan gave us a powerful layered performance that I don't think that anyone expected. And of course, that finale still haunts every fan even to this day after we got the fourth Avengers movie. But this one, Infinity War, is superhero movie perfection. But it comes in at second place for one reason and one reason only. So, number one, Avengers Endgame, because I'm just a sucker for an epic fan service movie that took us on a ride through memory lane, was able to be hilarious and devastatingly sad in, in the matter of minutes. And even though, yes, Infinity War, cinematically speaking, is a better movie, Endgame was a full-on emotional experience. The culmination of 21 movies and 11 years, a finale for some of our favorite characters, and without a question, one of the greatest superhero films of all time. Endgame made us feel grateful for this franchise. It was a true love letter from Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers to all the millions of fans around the world. And that is why it comes in at number one. Guys, this was my ranking of all 23 MCU movies inside the so-called Infinity Saga. More movies and MCU TV shows are on their way, and I will definitely return soon to talk more about this, the future of this extraordinary franchise. But today is Christmas Eve, and I've been doing this marathon series every day since the 1st of December, and I feel both thankful 
and tired because of it. So I bid you farewell for now and farewell to Assembling for Christmas, my podcast's first endeavor. Thank you to all those who have been following since the first few episodes or if you're listening to it now and now is in like 2021, I don't know. Either way, thanks for the support. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed my discussion of my favorite cinematic franchise. I know I had lots of fun doing this and I wish a merry, merry Christmas, lots of joy and health to you all and your family. I will talk to you soon and always remember.